Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. We're back. <laughs> it's been like three days. I haven't seen you in a couple days. We honestly didn't know if there was going to be playoff content, but here we are. Welcome to the playoff edition of the NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. We are sponsored by Bet365. Joining me, as always, Slim Cliffy. Looks like he just ran to Gandalf the White in the woods, but (laughs) how are you doing today? Yeah, not sure what's going on here because my ring light is on the lowest setting. There's no lights on in my room, and it's cloudy outside. And it looks like I'm laying in a tanning bed. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, things are good. Yeah, um, it's nice to be here for the postseason, obviously. Um, you know, playoff hockey's as fans, it's what we, you know, it's what you wait for. It's what you wait for in any sport, honestly. You wait for the playoffs. But, um, you know, playoff NHL is always a lot of fun. Um, you know, every slate is a small slate, right? You're, we're the, even the seven and eight game slates, those are over and done with, um, every slate is a small slate. You know, you can get a bit more funky with your builds, um, things like that. Uh, you know, the downside is that teams and players and coaches are going to be way, way, way more secretive with injuries at this time of year. Um, you know, uh, we'll talk about Los Angeles later. Kevin Fiala is not playing tonight. He could have a broken leg, and we don't know. <laughs> like That's kind of the problem here. Uh, you know, it is a little frustrating in that sense, but if you're paying attention at warm-ups, you can be the beneficiary of recent information and get some low-on combinations and things like that. So it can work to your benefit as well. But I'm just stoked that the playoffs are finally here. Um, how nervous are you? Because I I know people are are, are kind of high on the Devils, but I see a lot of pundits picking the Rangers to not only win that series, but to go deep. I know we're going to talk about the Rangers and Devils tomorrow, uh, but how are you feeling just in general about your boys going into the postseason? Well, here's the thing, right? I'm surrounded by Devils fans too, so like if they lose, if the Rangers lose in the first round, I can't leave my house until like June, so that that's a downside. Uh, I can wear a disguise, but like. Here's the thing. I think the Devils are a year early here. I, I think the biggest X factor in this series, series is going to be Igor Shosturkin. If he shows up, it's going to be tough for the Devils to win. I, I know the Devils have very good defense. They have a very good deep team. Jack Hughes is a budding superstar. Timo Meyer, Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, yada, yada, yada. Rangers have three very good lines. They have a good fourth line. I, I just think it's going to be a good series. I just think, you know, Igor is just like 
There's two things. Igor struggled struggled this season on the on the penalty kill. Devils power play has been awful since Timo Meyer got there. I think that's one thing the Devils need to figure out. Also, I, the Rangers just have a big edge in goaltending. If Vitek Vanacek goes down or he's not on his game, like Mackenzie Blackwood's backing up, not Akira Schmid. So, like, I just think the Rangers have the edge in net. It's going to be a long series, but I think the Rangers squeak it out. Yeah, I mean, it should be good. I, I, there's not really a series that I'm not looking forward to outright. You know what I mean? Like, even, um, you know, something – is it Vegas-Seattle, right? Um you know, even a Vegas Seattle series, like that's full of intrigue, right? But Seattle's uh, playing Colorado. Right? Well, yeah, Seattle, Colorado. Um, yeah, my mistake. Um sorry, no, just uh the Vegas game, Vegas Winnipeg, sorry. Um, just Vegas has t- a ton of intrigue. You know, is Mark Stone gonna be back? He's been skating after his second back surgery. Like Jack Eichel is getting to the playoffs for the first time, and I I talked about this on Twitter yesterday. He led that team in points and they won the conference and people are still slagging him. I like, I honestly just don't know what to do anymore uh, about people's opinions on Jack Eichel. But what I'm trying to say here is that even that series, which, you know, if you're, if you're outside of Vegas or Winnipeg, maybe you don't care a whole lot about it, but even that series is loaded with intrigue. You know, um, this might be Winnipeg's last kick of the can with this core, like, Shifley and Hellebuck, they need new contracts soon. Their, their guys are getting old. They might have to start a rebuild. Like this might be their last go around with this core. So even if something like, like Vegas and Winnipeg um, is a, a matchup that I'm really looking forward to. So there's just a lot that, that I'm really excited about. And thankfully the NHL managed to space out their games uh, 30 minutes apart uh, when they're close. So we'll have constant playoff action um, every night, as long as there are four games. So I just can't wait. Yeah, I think the West is wide open. Hellebuck is the best goalie in the West. So if he goes like on a Bennington sun run that other year, like they're going to be tough to beat. The problem is the coach is an absolute idiot. But like, I think you can overcome that if you have a hot goalie in the playoffs. They have good talent. So we'll see. We have four games going today, four games going tomorrow. As long as these series aren't over, we should have four games a day for the week. I know we'll be here at least Monday and Tuesday, today and tomorrow. Um, if contests are still nice, maybe we go a little bit forward uh, in the week, but we don't know. We have Monday and Tuesday confirmed for sure, but uh, we should get into this slate break that we'll have our thoughts on the series uh, as well when we get into it. But you know the drill. Give us a like and subscribe. Keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. You can also sign up for the Stochastic Hall of Fame by changing your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel by going to stochastic.com backslash avatar and changing your avi on DraftKings and FanDuel. Place in the top three of a contest with over 5K contestants. This the No, I don't think the 15 today has – no, the $5, the, the poke check has over 5,000 contestants today, so it's possible. They brought it back. That is nice. And if you do, you can tweet the wins to at stochastichof on Twitter or email us with your screenshot. You want a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum, which is a $120 value, and it'll get you access to all the sports and all the tools that we have. And we also have a great deal with Stochastic Plus Platinum a bit later in the show. You definitely need to take advantage of that. I'll we'll let you know about that in a little bit. It is 50% off uh, monthly and weekly, but I will 
get into that a bit later. There is a link in the description if you want to take advantage of that now. Also, shout out uh, to Bet365, the sponsor of the show. Wouldn't be able to do this without you guys. So thank you very much. We'll have a nice ad. Re- uh, we'll have a nice offer for you a bit later in the show. But let's get into this slate. And let's before we start breaking it down from a DFS perspective, we'll talk a little bit about you know the series. We'll talk about if we made any bets, this and that. Because I know betting is a big part of uh, you know fantasy content now. It's not just DFS. There's a lot of legal sports betting avenues. So we'll touch on that a little bit new york islanders carolina hurricanes hurricanes kind of limped into the playoffs without uh svechnikov we'll have to see like they're still a very very good defensive team but the islanders are getting maddie barzell back they have Ilya sorokin probably a top three vesna contender barzell coming back is a huge bump uh, to the Islanders. Both these teams' power plays aren't great, and both these teams don't take a ton of penalties. They have very good penalty kills. So, I don't know, man. Like, this series, like, everyone's like, oh, this series is going to be bad, two slow, slow, bad teams. But I don't know. I, I kind of like this series, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, it certainly looks interesting just from a stylistic perspective because – you know, these two teams don't tend to not score a lot. One team does have the much better goaltending with Sorokin and net. Um, so typically you would expect a lot of low scoring games, but like, you know, they did play some high scoring games against each other this season. There's a game earlier in the year um, that had an eight goal uh, that had eight goals. There's a game back in January that had seven. So, you know, there were some, low, a couple low scoring ones. There were a couple fairly high scoring ones. I, I think, um, getting Matt Barzal back is a huge deal. Um, I mentioned it. uh, I was talking about this on Twitter, I believe last week, but you know, Bo Horvat, his goal scoring since he got to the Island has gone down considerably. Now, a lot of it is related to shooting percentage and he was shooting like 22% in Vancouver. So, you know, a little bit of pullback probably was coming, but he's not an eight or 9% shooter, whatever it's been since he got to New York. And the bigger problem has been since Matt Barzal got hurt because they were actually scoring um, before Matt Barzal got injured, like at least at a league average rate. Um, that's not great, but it is a lot better than what they were doing um, after Barzal got injured. And, uh, you know, they were dominating the play as well. So I don't want to, you know, overstate the return of Matt Barzal. But the Islanders are getting back their best offensive player just in time for the playoffs to start and facing a team that is struggling to score, frankly. Um, Andre Svechnikov's last game was March 12th, I believe. And over the final month of the season, Carolina was like 29th in scoring in the league. Um, you know, it's not all Svechnikov. There's definitely some luck in there. But no Svechnikov and no Pacioretty. If those two guys play a full season, they might score like 80 goals between them, right? Like that's a lot to take out of the lineup. So it's fascinating that, you know, one team just got back, um, are probably their best offensive player. Uh, two team, the other team lost probably their two best goal scorers, at least two of their three best. And now they're facing off against each other. So uh, if you want to look around um, different spots, to see what projections are. There are some free, there is a free website you can go to just head on over to moneypuck.com. If you want to see like series odds or, you know, chances to get to the cup final and all that. 
Um, they're the lowest on the Islanders at 34% to win the series. And I was looking at the athletic and they had um, the Islanders at 41% to win the series. So anywhere from, you know, a two to three dog to a one, uh, you know, a one to two dog or something or two to one dog. Sorry. So, uh, or a three to two dog and a two to one dog. Sorry. Doing math live is just never a good idea. Uh, so they are the underdogs, but I'm not sure. Like if both teams are completely healthy, like I would agree, but you know, taking that much goal scoring out of Carolina, yes, they're, they will probably still dominate some games, but it is a problem. Um, talking about the Islanders lines for a second, and we just went over, you know, the Barzal, um, Bo Horvat line. The second line was really, really good after Pierre Engvall got there. Uh, I know you went on a little diatribe about Engvall um, last week, so I'm not going to go too much further on that. But he joined the second line with Brock Nelson and Kyle Palmieri, and that line was kind of floundering without Anders Lee. And Engvall getting there completely turned things around for them. Um, They played over 140 minutes together, three and a half expected goals for per 60 minutes, only 2.4 against. Uh, scoring 6.3 goals per 60 minutes of five on five. Now they're shooting 15%, so that's high. But even if they're shooting 10%, they're still scoring over four goals per 60 minutes, which is absolutely absurd. Like those guys were excellent together. Um, So, you know, at least the Islanders look like they have two pretty good scoring lines. And then I don't know if if, if people, you know, I, I saw somebody make a joke about Hudson fashing yesterday or today. I don't know, but he... He actually had a pretty good season for me. And on that third line with Pajot and Parise, I'm going to pull up uh, the website Hockey Biz, which um, is a website I subscribe to. It just shows what I'm going to show is how a team performed offensively while they're on the ice together. Um, this is Hockey Biz. That red blob in front of the net is where they're taking all their shots from. These guys, that third line for the Islanders is getting to the net at will. And it'll be interesting to see how Carolina holds up because their third pair has Shane Gostas bear on it. And he's not exactly, uh, you know, a super high end defensive defenseman to say the least. So you can say it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's been really good since he got to Carolina, but he was good in Arizona too. And that was just a flub by, by the flyers. Like he's a good defenseman. He's just not good defensively. Um, you know, it, I think that just makes for super interesting matchups all up and down. Um, now, to get to the Carolina side, all three lines can generate offense. It's a matter of can they finish the shots that they generate. And those are two different things. Um, being able to create a shot and be able to create a goal are not quite the same thing. Like one does lead to the other, but uh, players do have, you know, finishing talent and shooting talent, passing talent, those types of things. And it's an area that Carolina's really struggled. Um, Funny enough, these are the two teams in the NHL this season that got most of their shots or more shots than any other team from defensemen. The last I checked, it was at the end of March. Both the Islanders and Carolina Hurricanes got over 40% of their shot attempts from the blue line. And Carolina, that's a reason why Carolina just really doesn't score a lot of goals is they generate from so far out so often and they have so few actual goal scores. So that's why when I see the top line with Tara Bynan and Jarvis 
and Ajo having three and a half expected goals, four per 60, but only scoring 2.9. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. When I see the second line generating 3.4 expected goals per 60 minutes, but only scoring 2.2. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because this is what Carolina has been. I don't know for a decade now. Um, and uh, like I mentioned earlier, losing Sveshnikov and Pacioretty certainly won't help. So it's it's a fascinating matchup where both teams have three lines that can probably generate a lot of offense, but I have real questions as to how well any of those lines can actually finish the chances that they generate. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is line matching. Now, Carolina fluctuated through the year, but towards the end of the season, they went back to what they had usually done, which was... Jordan Stahl going out against top competition and then their top two lines going out against the second and third line from the opposing team. Um, I'm not sure how great a matchup that really is for the Carolina top line. Cause like, you know, the Islanders second line was, you know, above average defensively. The Islanders third line was above average defensively and they still have Ilya Sorokin behind them. It's just a lot to overcome. Uh, but I kind of do like that second line of Kaki Niemi and Stefan Nason. Like, yes, they're going to go against what should be an Islanders third line, but they also get, you know, a fair amount of ice time against an Islanders fourth line that throws a lot of hits, but really doesn't do a whole lot else. Um, so I think that Carolina second line might be able to create some offense down against particularly uh, the fourth line um, for, for the Islanders. So I do like... You know, if you want to do a, a two-man of like Kakaniemi and Stefan Nason for super cheap here because you're playing an expensive Edmonton or something later, like I have no problem with that. Um, what I will mention about Carolina and... Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Their top guys is the power play. And it's something I mentioned in our Discord earlier today. Um, the Carolina power play without Sveshnikov is... <laughs> brutal i mean brutal i can't underscore brutal enough there um their shot attempts go down something like 40 percent. their goals are more than cut in half so you have you know two players on each of those top two lines on the top power play i, I don't know how much the top power play for carolina is going to factor not only in this game but in the entire series so because you know, there's guys on certain power plays on different lines. It doesn't really change anything for me from a Carolina perspective. I just think Kakaniemi and Nason have played have played extremely well against or together this season. Um, not scoring goals, 
none of the Carolina line score goals. I don't know what to tell anybody, but like that's just it's just what they do or don't do. Um, but they are at least generating a lot, and they do get to the net pretty well. So um, I do kind of like that Carolina second line, um, Kakanami, Nason, uh, Natchez. Uh, take some two-man out of that if you're playing a, a super expensive uh, Edmonton stack or something. I think that's the way I would go with Carolina here. On the Islanders' side, um, there's not a whole lot I'm super interested in stacking. Like, Carolina has an elite penalty kill, um, so the Islanders' power play is I'm looking towards. Now, the Islanders' power play should be a lot better with Barzal back. How rusty is Barzal, though? The guy hasn't played in over a month, and he's stepping into a playoff game on the road in Carolina against the best penalty kill probably in the league. So, you know, how much can we honestly expect from him? I think until I see how Barzal plays, and I'm looking at our top stacks tool, like the top two, I'll bring it up real quick. The top two lines for the Islanders are basically, not basically, but pretty close in ownership, 2.9%, 1.2%. So if if the ownership is basically equal, I'll go with the line that has been playing extremely well for the last month. And that's that uh, Palmieri, Engvall, Nelson line. Um, They're going to avoid Jordan Stahl, which is, you know, that's always a good thing. Um, in when line matching comes and they just have a sample of playing well together, you know, not getting bars all back after missing a month. It's, it's basically just based that kind of safety play. I'm interested in both top two lines, but I think it's both second lines in this game. I'm more interested in what's your take here. Yeah. I'm out on the, on the top line for the Islanders. I think like, I know like people in the DFS community, not a big Jordan Stahl fan, I think he might be one of the best four checkers like in the history of hockey. Like he is nasty. Yeah. Like he there there could be a case for him to be a Hall of Famer. I don't think he gets there, but he'll be close. Well, in the playoff, like, I mean, Guy Carbonell got in like three or four years ago, right? And and George Stahl reminds me of Guy Carbonell, but he'll never get that credit because yeah. you know old hockey writers love the guys from the eighties. Yeah. I mean, I Jordan Stahl in the playoffs is up there with avoiding lines like Bergeron in the regular season. You know what I mean? Like I don't want anything to do with it. So I, I don't mind the Islanders second line, but like Cockney Emmy has had an excellent defensive season. So if he sees them, that's not great. If like they, it, I, I know the Palmieri line is going to see a little bit of the Ajo line and that's a decent matchup, but like, I know it's a four game slate and you can't really take anything off the table, but this is going to be a low scoring series. I feel like so. I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm. I think I have 15 lineups in the $15 tonight. I don't know how many stacks I'm going to have out of this game. Yeah. It might be none. And uh, that's not to say I'm not playing any players out of this. Like certainly, like you know, definitely some cheap one-off forwards. I'm, I'll be playing. I'll certainly be playing defensemen out of this game. I haven't made my lineups yet. I'm per, like maybe I have like uh, some two mans from Carolina or something like that. I don't know if any stack in this game is going to be something that I build around primarily. Yeah. I mean, like the Islanders don't take many penalties. They have a decent penalty kill. The Carolina penalty kill is maybe the last two seasons, like the greatest penalty kill of all time. So like it's going to be a grind. That's why, you know, in this type of series, I, I bet the dog it's kind of, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like that's where the value is, you know, could the Islanders win the series? Yes. Are they, 
going to. I don't know. But, like, I'd rather get the dog money there. I think they can, especially without Sveshnikov, without Pacioretty, you know, Gosses Bear on that third pair who's, you know, not exactly the defensive wizard that people, you know, he's not very good. So, I, I don't know. The Islanders are definitely alive, so I'm taking the dog money here. Yeah. I, they have I, a big I, open net, too. Like, yeah. I like Antti Ranta, but Sorokin is just light years ahead of him. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one here. This is an interesting one, at least at the start of the series, I think. Florida Panthers, 2.5 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 3.5 total. <laughs> the Lion King is confirmed for the Panthers. I can't believe the Panthers made the playoffs and are going with Alex Leon. Um, no idea who's going to start for Boston. Both their goalies are apparently sick. Bergeron's apparently sick. Jacob Locko lost eight pounds. I don't know how much of that is gamesmanship or whatever, but like you mentioned off the top, these coaches don't really give you anything. So they might not be sick at all. Maybe Bergeron has a boo-boo or something. I don't know. But this, you know, with all these games staggered, they are 7.30 p.m. Eastern start. Not exactly at lock. So we'll have to wait and see what these lines are. I know David Krejci is back. Uh, he's probably going to play with David Pasternak if Bergeron's in. Even if Bergeron is out, maybe Pavel Zaka moves up to that top line. So, I don't know. This series, I didn't really have any bets on it just because the Bruins are a massive heavy favorite. Um, I don't really want to bet the Panthers that wide. Like, you know, it would be nice if they won, but... I just think the Bruins are the rightful heavy favorite in this series. Yeah. I'm going to – it's it's funny we're talking about this because you and I were talking about this in a separate DM, you know, maybe 30 minutes before we came on the air. This Boston team, I mean, you know, they set the regular season um, record for wins and points and all that. So I think everybody has a pretty good idea of how good the team is. But – they had the highest goal share at five on five in an 82 game season um, since 2007. And the gap between them and the next closest team is bigger than the number two team and the number five team. Um, Like Boston's five on five play was at least by goals, goal share was far and away the best we've seen in modern hockey history. Now I say that because Boston's uh, finished second in the league in shooting percentage of five on five and finished first in the league uh, in save percentage at 939. Now, typically when you finish at the top of the league or near the top of the league in those types of metrics, you'd expect some pullback. Now, this team is unbelievably talented. That's what I want to get to here. Their third line, if everybody's healthy, their third line has a has an MVP from five years ago on it, right? Their third line has an MVP from five years ago if everybody is completely healthy. And that's why I have a tough time knowing exactly what to make of Boston because if their shooting and saving um, impacts are legitimately as good as they were in the 82-game regular season, this is – 
I mean, yes, they set the records, but inarguably, this is one of the best hockey teams in the history of the league. And I mean, it's right up there with a couple, you know, the Oilers 80 teams and the Habs teams of the 70s. Um, and I'm not just, you know, it's not just because they have the points or the wins. I'm saying it because of just how thoroughly they beat the piss out of their opponents night in and night out. The problem is, is do you believe that this team is either the best or second best in finishing in the league and the best or second best in saving in the league over a long-term stretch. And over the last few years, like hockey analysts have been starting to quantify how much a player can impact a goal based on their shooting talent and how much a goalie can impact a save based on their saving talent, how much a player can impact a shot based on their passing talent and things like that. Um, and it's starting to, it's giving us a wide gap in what people think of uh, what, how good this Boston team is because the athletic has Boston as a 71% favorite to win this series. That's pretty high, but this is also the best regular season team in the history of the NHL. And they, they're, they have a lower uh, percentage chance of winning this round than Florida did the first round last year as um, first place in the conference. So I think a, that speaks to Florida, but B I think it speaks to the uncertainty people have of just exactly how good Boston actually is because the athletic has them at 71% to win and money puck has them at 59% to win the first round. Um, that is exceptionally low. Um, just for reference, the Athletic has Carolina at 59% to beat the Islanders. That's the same odds Money Puck is giving Boston, the best regular season team in the history of this league, to beat Florida. And that's why I think a lot of people are having a really tough time truly quantifying this series is because we haven't seen a team like Boston. And you that's the one thing models don't do well is quantify outliers. That's why they're called outliers. You know what I mean? So if you have them, you know, anywhere from like 50, high 50s to mid 70s in winning percentage, people don't know how to quantify this team. And that's what makes this series really, really fascinating, I think. Because in my mind, this is an elite team through and through, top to bottom, without question. Whatever you want to say about the goaltending, I, I think Allmark and Swayman have proven themselves in a Boston uniform over the last two years. The blue line is really good. Like I said, the fours are just unbelievably deep. Like a, a, a line of Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, and Tyler Bertuzzi might be the top line in Seattle if they were in Seattle. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's Boston's third line. Uh, so I, I do think Boston is just a super elite team. It is a seven-game series. My problem here is that it seems like people are really starting to get on the Florida bandwagon. And if people are getting on the Florida bandwagon, I think you better get ready. They better be ready for some pain here because you're really relying on Alex Leon playing as well as he did at the end of the regular season to win this game, to win this series. And it is putting a ton of pressure on a guy that hasn't faced pressure like that in the NHL. So it is a fascinating series because we haven't seen a team like Boston. And with the analytics we have, it, it, people are just having a really tough time quantifying how good they are. 
and uh, it's leading to some diverse opinions. And I actually enjoy that because it makes for some robust conversation and some fun conversation rather than just saying, yeah, Boston's a, you know, six to one favorite to win. Let's move on. Um, with that out of the way, I'm assuming Bergeron plays tonight. If somebody shows up at warm up and isn't playing, like there's just nothing we can do about that. Like all they said was like a bunch of guys are sick. Well, thanks. Yeah. Great information, man. Like, what do you want us to do with that? Like there's nothing we can really do. So, you know, I'm assuming everyone's in until we hear otherwise. Like, unless they tell us they're out, you have to assume that they're in. Like, there's that's the way playoff hockey is. Um, the top line, of course, was great this year. 3.6 expected goals for, 3.6 actual goals for. What I want to mention, they generated a lot more down the stretch once Dmitry Orlov got there. And I think that was one impact that they were looking for um, was Dmitry Orlov helping them offensively. And I think that's something that certainly happened. Um the second line is a little bit more interesting. Um, Zaka, uh, Pasternak, and Krejci. They played a lot together this year, oh, nearly 450 minutes together. The expected goals metrics weren't that great. 2.4 expected goals for per 60 minutes. That's actually below the league average. But they scored 4.7 goals because they were shooting 15.4%. And that goes back to the finishing that I was talking about earlier. And even the Boston coach talked about this a couple months ago. You'd expect them to finish at a high rate because they are really talented. 15.4% is just too high. Like, there's no player in the NHL that finished above 13.5% this year in on-ice shooting percentage. So a whole line sustaining 15.7%, like, that is an ultimate outlier. And you have to, you know, do you believe if they're going to keep um, keep that up or not because that is a really 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 high shooting percentage for a line um you know but they you know pavel zaka was getting you know a little bit involved towards the end of the season he had 22 shots over the final 10 games um him and Krejci typically don't shoot a lot but they were scoring a ton of goals and they're probably going to get matched up against the florida second line and the florida second line talk about it in a bit they do tend to trade chances back and forth. Um, on the Florida side, let's get to them now. Uh, we mentioned I mentioned the Florida top line in our Discord this morning. Carter Verhage and Anthony Duclair this season, just this season, they're up at about 115 minutes together, have utterly abysmal defensive numbers together. I'm talking like, Ryan Strom and Frank Vitrano in Anaheim type of defensive numbers together. Like not just bad for Florida. I mean, horrific on the worst. It would be the numbers that would be horrific on the worst team in the league. And they were just as bad with Alexander Barkov there. Now this was all towards the end of the season, right? Cause Duclair came back late. And I wonder how much of it was just Florida opening, kind of opening up their game in a mad dash to just make the playoffs. Like, is some is that something that could have been possible? Like, maybe. Um, but you know, the defensive numbers looked really, really bad. The offensive numbers were good: three point two expected goals for, four point two actual goals for. And that's why Florida is kind of interesting to me here tonight because you know that top line is not getting much ownership. They've got pretty good leverage actually. Like, I'll bring up um, our top stacks tool here uh, again real quick. Florida's at Florida's top lines at uh, nearly 11% top two stack percentage, which is higher than the Carolina top line we just talked about. Um, 
I, so I don't want to dismiss Florida out of hand here, especially where Boston does take a ton of penalties. Yes, they have a great penalty kill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But, you know, you don't want to take four power plays or penalties he came against the Florida Panthers. I don't really hate the Florida top line here, um, given their given their ownership. I think I might end up with one or two of them uh, in my uh, lines here tonight. Uh, Florida second line, you know, just perfectly fine in a good matchup against Boston too, I think. Um, Florida third line is kind of interesting here. Uh, you know, we met, I mentioned that in the Discord as well. Like Eric Stahl, Sam Reinhardt, Ryan Lomberg have been really, really good together. Like legitimately really, really good together over in a sample that that's well over 100 minutes now. So... You know, I think both third lines are certain, certainly in play here. But um, if I were to do anything on the Florida side, it would probably be the top line. And I think on the Boston side, it would just be going to uh, their proper second line as well. Um, I just think the, that their own Florida, Florida second line just kind of trades chances too much. Um, I, you know, their ownership is fine. You know, they're expensive, but their ownership is fine. If you want just one off David Pasternak, I think that's fine as well. But it is the Florida top line. I like best on the Florida side. Boston has three playable lines. Tonight is the second line that I like the best, but I do think they certainly have three playable lines, including power play stack. Yeah, I, I'm on both second lines more here. Like I think one offing Pasternak's fine. He's gonna be choppy. Like he's gonna be choppy. It's just the fact. But then you look on the flip side, like Matic Chuck, thirteen hundred dollars cheaper than David Pasternak. Matic Chuck is going to be in the heart conversation. He's not going to win. McDavid's going to win, but Matty Kachuk is going to be in that conversation. Boston second line, you know, you, you say that Florida second line trades chances. So does the Boston second line. So I think both second lines are in play here. You take the best players on the team. That's David Pasternak, Matty Kachuk. I think both are one-offable. You can stack. We'll just have to wait and make sure, like, everyone's in for Boston. Obviously, if the second line's a little bit different, I think it's still fine. You want to go to that top line and think those Florida defensive numbers are going to stick, then I think the top line is fine. You know, we'll have to see in the playoffs. I would imagine minutes concerns aren't going to be a massive concern. Maybe they, you know, limit Bergeron's minutes tonight because he, you know, maybe he has to pull Omar Jackson and go drop one in the middle of the first period or something like that. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I want to see how Alex Leon responds to this pressure because he's he's like a, he's Jekyll and Hyde here. If we get the beat early in the season, Leon, he's going to get lit up like a Christmas tree. If you get the other one, you know, he's going to stand on his head. But I still think Boston's the better team here. They have, you know, 
for as many penalties as the Bruins take, Florida takes a ton of penalties too. So like, yeah, I think you can really focus on the power play guys here. You just have to make sure and wait on the Boston lines. And I, uh, the third line for Florida is interesting for me because not a lot of people know about Ryan Lomberg, but he's actually a pretty good player. I like uh, him. Yeah. He's min price. Like I don't mind him. Like he's going to play like 12, 13 minutes, but he's min price. You know, Sam <laughs> Reinhardt, not like, very. Like, uh, I don't, sorry. No, I don't know if people watch a lot of Florida hockey. I swear to God, Ryan Lomberg gets one breakaway a game. He does. Yeah. Like, he reminds me of Michael Grabner in that sense. I was just going to say that, yeah. He gets one breakaway game, but he'll only score like 10% of the breakaways. Yeah. If, Grabner hit, if, if Michael Grabner could hit the net, he'd be an uh, instant Hall of Famer. But, like, yeah, Eric Stahl, like, it wasn't that long ago. He had a 40-goal season for the Wild. So, like, he's in a sheltered role, but he's 2,700. Don't mind that there. So, yeah, there's a lot to like in this game. I tend to favor the Boston side, but you know, overlooking some of this Florida offense would be a mistake. They got there because of their offense. Yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. As we mentioned at the top, we are sponsored by Bet365. And the best way to make money from the books is to take advantage of great promo offers when they become available. And we have a new one from Bet365. If you click the link in the book, if you click the link below in the description, you can take advantage of it. You have to sign up. You have to make a deposit. The minimum uh, deposit is $10. But if you bet one of those $10 on anything, you'll get $200 in bonus bets at Bet365. Bonus uh, bet winnings are added to the bonus bets balance. So, like, if you lose the bet, you get $200 in bonus bets. You can't cash it out. You have to use the bonus bets. The bonus bet wager excluded from returns. Terms and conditions apply. And if you or anyone else you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Currently, this is only available in New Jersey, Colorado, Ohio, and Virginia. But they are slowly expanding into other states. So if you are in a state where this is not available, just keep an eye out. Uh, They should be expanding into other states soon. Let's move into the next one here. This one actually I think is one of my favorite series in the first round. But – it is kind of dependent on Joel Erickson Eck playing, and I don't think he's going to be in tonight. Maybe he comes back in game two. But the Minnesota Wild at a 2.5 total. Heading into Dallas, the Stars have a three total. Philip Gustafsson and Jake Ottinger confirmed. Here's the thing. Like, teams – you hear people talking about the West playoff. Oh, it's going to be Colorado. It's going to be Edmonton. No one's really talking about Dallas, and I honestly think they're the most complete team in the West. They have three really good lines. They have one of the better goalies. They have an elite power play. They have one of the best defensemen in the league in Miro Haskinen. I don't know, man. Like, I was talking to – it might have been you or someone else in DMs. I was going to bet the wild if Joe Erickson is in, but he's not. So I bet the stars in the series at only minus 140. That – it feels like there's some value on that 140, especially if Joel Erickson doesn't come back. He blocked a shot against the Penguins not too long ago, and he could not get off the ice. Like, if there's a broken bone on him, which we won't know until later, like, it would not shock me. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, Wyatt Johnston, he can't, he really had a very good season. They have a third line now with Sagan, Domi, and uh, Mason Marchment. Like, it, they're just a complete team. The Wild. 
Jarek Sinek is their best center on both ends of the ice. Like Hartman's a nice player and Kaprizov is easily their best player, but without Jarek Sinek, Matt Boldy suffers. And Frederick Gaudreau is a nice player. Don't get me wrong. He's good defensively. He should not be a top six center on a playoff team. Without Jarek Sinek, they just, the, the Wild are basically a one line team. So I, I favor the stars in the series. I favor the stars in this game. What are you seeing? Yeah. Um, you just have to look at the numbers for Marcus Johansson and, and, and Boldy without, with and without Joel Erickson act, right? Like their expected goals numbers drop like 30% or something like that. It's, it's, it's stark. And the losing him is a big, big loss at both ends of the ice. In fact, I was reading the athletics preview of him and they said like statistically Erickson Eck was worth, I think it was worth 5% or 4% in the, in the series. Like that's a lot. Like you would go from, uh, you know, 60% to basically a coin flip, you know, if you fact, if you take out the home ice factor. So like it is a big loss for them. And yeah, like Boldy's offensive numbers, you know, we said it, he struggled all year. And then once Johansson came over and the two of them were playing with Erickson Eck, they had a lot of really good, interesting chemistry. Then Erickson Eck got hurt and everything fell apart again. So like, like I know Boldy still finished strong. He was riding percentages to an extent there. That really concerns me. The Minnesota top line also, like they generated a lot. They generate a lot of shot attempts, 74 shot attempts, but only 2.9 expected goals per 60 minutes this season. I think two things. One, Zuccarello might be losing a step. I think we have to kind of acknowledge that. Like the guy's, what, 35 or 36 now? Like, Which is ancient for hockey. Yeah, exactly. And he's still good. Don't get me wrong. It's just he was a wizard with the puck as recently as like last year, the year before. But, if, you know, eventually those skills do erode. And, you know, Hart, like you said, Hartman's good, but he's not, you know, he's a guy I would want as my third line center if I was making a cup run, not my number one. So, um, you know, depending where you look, anybody has, everybody has Minnesota from 38 to like 45%, which it's a, it's tight enough. Um, so everybody's kind of roughly in the same boat on the wild. I agree with you. Like, I think Dallas has three great lines now like Max Domi Max Domi came came from Chicago and instantly ignited Mason Marchment which shouldn't get overlooked here cuz Mason Marchment just him being you know a capable 20 to 25 goal scorer changes a lot for this team on their second and third lines um and you know he wasn't really doing that until Domi got there so I really, I do like the Dallas uh, depth here. Um, you know, I, I think there are questions on the blue line past Haskinen, but uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to the defenseman because there's one name there that's really interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, like I, I, I think Minnesota is really going to struggle to score here. Uh, the power play, um, the power play got worse uh, with, without Joel Erickson Eck there. I don't think um, that should be a surprise to anybody. Uh, you know, they weren't really as good with John, John Klingberg there and Klingberg may or may not play tonight. That's another guy to keep an eye out for. So, and Dallas had a great penalty kill anyway, like Minnesota was legitimately, and I'm not saying this like uh, to get a rise or to be facetious or anything. They were legitimately one of the worst scoring teams at five on five in the league this year. The only teams in the league to score less at five on five than Minnesota were Chicago, Columbus and Anaheim. <laughs> Like they got outscored by like 
Philadelphia and Nashville, and Nashville had half an NHL roster for half the season. Um, this is a really bad scoring team at five on five. They need to get there on the power play. Dallas is below average by time shorthanded per game and have an elite penalty kill on top of that. This is an uphill battle for Minnesota, especially when they're on the road. Like I'm looking at the top stacks and Minnesota is at like 15 to 16% for the top line. The second line coming in at double their top two stack percentage. Like they're not that expensive, which is why I think you're seeing some ownership on them. And I think it's one of the chalkier spots on the slate I want to avoid. So I'm not playing much from Minnesota here. Uh, on the Dallas side, like I said, getting Domi back, I think, is big for that Sagan and Marchment line. Uh, you and I have been talking, you know, all season about how good Wyatt Johnson and Jamie Benn have been together. But especially since Evgeny Dodonov has gotten there, um, you know, their goal scoring just went to another level. 4.6 goals per 60 minutes since Dodonov got there. They're up to, I think, like 200 minutes together. Wyatt Johnston was third in the team in goals per 60 at 5-on-5. And when you think this is a team that has Jamie Benn, Joe Pavelski, Rope Hints, and Jason Robertson on it, he outscored two of those guys. Uh, so I, I kind of do like that Dallas second line here because they're going to go into that Minnesota second line without Joel Erickson Eck. And without Erickson Eck there, like Gojo, he's good defensively, but they don't need good defensively. They need that line to score. And they need that means they probably need Gojo to play out of his comfort zone a little bit. I think Dallas' second line is going to get some pretty good matchups here. So Ben Johnston to Donoff is one of my favorite filler-type stacks on the night. Um, I don't – if you want to leave off Ben and go with a somewhat cheap Johnston to Donoff to get two expensive Edmonton players, I think that's doable. Because Minnesota also doesn't take a lot of penalties. Their penalty kill only really struggled when their goalies were bad. Um yeah, Dallas does have an elite power play, so they can absolutely get there. I, you know, I just don't think it's necessary to play Dallas, though they do have really good leverage by our top stacks tool. I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking both top lines certainly in play for me in Dallas. In fact, I think Dallas has three lines that are in play. I would rather play the Johnston line than the Sagan line for a filler, uh, mainly because uh, we do have a sample of those guys playing well together, and I think they get a decent matchup against Minnesota too. So. Dallas, too, is what I like best in this game, uh, value-wise. Uh, but certainly Dallas 1 is the line that I like best here. I don't know how much Minnesota I'm going to get to outside of maybe some one-off, one-offs. Yeah, our current pro- ownership projections have Minnesota 1 higher owned than Dallas 1. Like, I'd much rather play Dallas 1. I know the price is a little bit different, but it's not that much different. The second line is really cheap, even with Ben there. You know what I mean? They're like 12 and change. I don't have any interest in Boldy Goudreau, Marcus Johansson at their ownership, 8 9%. Like, if you want to play him, go for it. But, you know, I'm in. I'm playing one lineup. If you're MMEing, I think you can have some one lineup. I think I'm going to avoid that. Even that Dallas third line, I think, is in play. Like, like Sam Steele, Gustav Nyquist down there. Like, ugh. So, like, I, I think there's three playable lines for Dallas here tonight. I kind of agree with you that Johnston, Dodonoff, Ben is my favorite uh, depth line. But if you want to go to Dallas one here, I think that is more than perfectly fine at their ownership matchup. Everything involved. I, I do really like Dallas one. Yeah, I, I, 
Go ahead. No, no, sorry. Uh, no, I, I had nothing else to add. I was just, uh, just one final thing. We're going to, we're going to talk defenseman later. I just want to mention Thomas Harley. Um, he's a pro their top prospect uh, defenseman anyway. Um, joined the team at the end of the season after his co college season, junior season finished. He was a guy, he played for them in the playoffs two years ago um, and played well. And he's a really, really good offensive puck moving defense. Oh, he's in the AHL this year. Sorry. And they put him in the AHL this year to work on his defense. And by all accounts, it got a lot better. And he was playing heavy top minutes against top competition for much of the season in the AHL. And it looks like he's coming in on the third pair. He played well towards the end of the season. We'll talk about defensemen later, but I think that's a guy that can make a difference in this series. And and for Dallas's playoff chances in general. Yeah. Young kids usually step into like a lot of these college kids are going to like Matthew Kniez. He's going to be a scratch. Good. What's, what's the old saying? Like sometimes the young players don't know enough to know better. And yeah. uh, they just go out there and play full of piss and vinegar. And uh, hopefully Thomas Harley can do that. I, I know the Leafs are on the slate, but I need to take a shot at them because we're on the air. <laughs> what, what is the Leafs media comparing Matthew Kniez to Chris Kreider all about? I'm not, I'm not getting into that today. We got lots of time for that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> there are a hundred in chat. Make sure to smash that like button. Thank you very much for tuning in. We have a special deal for you. You can get 50% off our platinum package weekly or monthly. You have to click the link in the description to do it, but you'll get access to everything. So cast has to offer, including ownership, lineup generators, lineup builders, boom, bust tools, leverage scores, and our industry-leading projections. Now, I know it's not NFL season, but we have MLB in full swing. We have NBA playoffs. We have hockey playoffs. We have uh, golf. We have NASCAR, UFC, F1, eSports. We have all of that. So, you know, uh, a weekly for Platinum Plus membership is usually $39.95. If you click the link in the description below, you get a 50% 50, 50 off for $19.95 a month, $19.99 a month. Most weekly packages are around that for individual sports. So why, why not take advantage of that? Monthly is usually $120 value. You can get this for under $60. So if you are playing multiple DFS sports, this is one of the best offers you can ever get. So click the link in the description below. Uh, it'll help us out using the link it helps us out directly and it gets you 50 percent off for all the sports outside of nfl because that's the only sport that's really not in full swing right now so you get tons of sports tons of tools tons of tons of uh you know projections you get discords it's great so make sure to click the link in the description below get 50 percent off platinum weekly or monthly so make sure to check that out let's get to the last game of the night here the last series of the day Los Angeles Kings with a 2.8 total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a 3.7. Junis Corpusalo is confirmed. Stewie Skinner is probable. Now Fiala and Gabe Velarde are out tonight, which is a massive blow for our Kings. Although if you did watch our preseason betting show, we did bet them for to have a 100-point season. So we did cash that. I think it was – I have to go back and look at my bets, but I think it was like plus one – 40 or something like that. Anyway, um, but without Fiala and Velarde, they are going to struggle to score. It's just as simple as that. Now, everyone's like, oh, it's the Oilers. Here comes the Oilers. <laughs> Here's the X factor for me. Matthias Ekholm. Yeah. 
as soon as he got to that team, he stabilized their penalty kill, stabilized their top pair. Edmonton at home is tough to play against now. So without – if Fiala and Velarde were healthy, this would be a different conversation. But without them, they're going to struggle against the Oilers. Yeah, I it, – it really sucks because – at the outset of the playoffs, this was the series I was most looking forward to. And it wasn't even close. The reason for that is, one, I have a lot of respect for the way the Kings rebuilt. Because you think of the great teams from the last 15 years. The Penguins, the Capitals, the Bruins, the Lightning, maybe the Avalanche because of their recent success. Um, the Kings are certainly in there. A lot of those teams just completely fell off the map after their core or after, you know, they won their cups or whatever. Chicago completely disappeared. Washington and Pittsburgh are staring down the barrel of having to tear everything down. You know, Boston certainly got there and kudos to them. Um, you know, Tampa Bay's time is, looks like it might be running out. But the Kings were able to replenish everything. Like they got Quinton Byfield uh, in the lineup. They were able to add Mikey Anderson. Um, you know, they have, they went and signed Phil Deneau. They went and traded for Victor Arvidsson. They gave themselves a legitimate light, second window in the Doughty Kopitar uh, era, which is pretty rare. And I think it's something to be commended. And I watched a lot of Los Angeles Kings this season. And I really enjoyed watching them because these aren't the Daryl Sutter Kings of 2014. The problem is losing Fiala and Valerity. Like I, I was talking about this on Twitter there's a guy, I shouldn't call him a guy. He's he's one of the most respected hockey minds that I know. His name's Corey Snaster. He hand tracks hundreds of NHL games every season and keeps track of dozens of micro stats from each also, game. Also a Canes fan, which is an issue, but we can get past that. Yeah, we'll get past that. Anyways, one thing he does track is it's called scoring chance assist. And it's basically how many passes, how many times a player makes a pass where a teammate ends up with a scoring chance. So how many times do you assist on a teammate scoring chance? Kevin Fiala's number was 80, 80% higher than the next closest Los Angeles Kings teammate. And the number three guy on the list was Gabriel Velarde. So they're missing far and away their best playmaker, who can also score 30 goals, mind you, and their third best playmaker. And this is a team... If you look at them down the stretch, really struggled to score when they weren't when they had Fiala Velarde missing from the lineup. That's why, like, my excitement for this series went from literally a fever pitch. Like, I was looking forward to staying up till two thirty in the morning every night watching the series. To I don't if Fiala Velarde, it doesn't look like Fiala is coming back, and if, you, if especially Velarde can't come back, this team might just get absolutely wasted in four games, and it's kind of sucks. Um, what, wherever you're looking, people are fairly split on them. And I think a lot depends on how healthy the roster is. Because a full roster might see the series closer, honestly, to a coin flip. Fiala and Velarde out, we'll probably see um, Edmonton at least um, as you know 67% plus favorites, which is what they're at at the Athletic right now. Um, and it's just really unfortunate because, you know, the Kings' second line with Fiala there was scoring 3.3 goals per 60 minutes. Without Fiala there, it's 2.2. They were literally scoring 50%, 5-0, 50% more often with Fiala on the line. Uh, it, it sucks, man. Um, 
I don't really have a lot of interest in the Kings. If anything, for me, it would be the top line. Um, Kopitar, Kempi, and Byfield are coming in under-owned, like with less ownership than the second line, projected ownership. Uh, they also struggled down the stretch, but at least they were still finishing. And a lot of it, I think, is Byfield. Um, he was one of their five best playmakers this season. Two of the other four were Velarde and Fiala. So Byfield might be one of the three best playmakers left on this roster. And that's why, like, I think he's helped the top line score a little bit. So if anything for me from the Kings side, it's the top line. But this team is going to struggle, man, especially with uh, Edmonton's defensive improvements after Ekholm got there. So in Edmonton, too. They're, they have bad road splits anyway. And I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because they do have – completely wild road splits um the los angeles king's top line at home versus the road expected goals for goes up like 30 percent and they go from like a 49 percent expected goal share line to like 60 percent. it is a chasm and I, it sucks but I, I like i said i might have a little bit of the king's top line that's about it on the edmonton side um it's about where you want to go. The Los Angeles second line was really struggling down the stretch. Um, but they're probably going to be playing quite a bit with that Gavrikov-Roy pairing. And they were really good down the stretch. And that's really not a matchup I want people. I want uh, uh, my stack to go into. So that probably takes the dry side of line out of play for me. And I think I would just go to the Edmonton top line. Now, I know they're really expensive, 24100 not coming in with much ownership on DK. I think they probably come in around 10% um, as a fully owned line, maybe a little bit less. Like obviously, so, McDavid will be way higher. But yeah, like McDavid's going to be like, you know, 25, 30% or whatever. I'm just talking about it as a full three man combination. Uh, you know, the Kings' penalty kills certainly did struggle a little bit down the stretch. Uh, they do take a fair amount of penalties. Edmonton's power play is one of the best in the league. I think this is, you know, Corpus Allo is starting and he's been really, really good this year. Um, but this seems like things are lining up for Edmonton to have a, a good night here tonight. So I really, really do like that Edmonton top line. And I'm thinking about um, just kind of building around them and just making a bunch of different uh, stacks. You know, Edmonton one, uh, take out, you know, McDavid, put in Dreisaitl, take out Hyman, put in Dreisaitl, uh, do a double center. Uh, plus Bouchard and leave the wingers off. Like there's a whole bunch of different things he can do here. Um, the Kings top line is still pretty good defensively. So that is a bit of a concern. So if you want to drop down to the Edmonton second line for that reason, I think you can do that. But uh, the Edmonton top line was just lights out offensively this season, 4.6 goals per 60 minutes. They all play together on the power play. There's not a whole lot much more to say here. I just really like uh, Edmonton's top line here tonight. And I, they'll probably end up uh, my most, my highest owned stack in, in some iteration or other. Yeah. It's unfortunate that Fiala and Velarde are going to be out, but it is what it is. I see. <laughs> okay. That is the four games here. Evan Bouchard still not even in the mid fours yet. And we should talk about these defensemen uh, before we do coming up after us at 4 PM. We have the odd shop uh, on the odd shoppers channel. It is uh, going over today's best bets with the odd shopper premium tool. So if you are into sports betting, 
make sure to check out the Odd Shopper channel at 4 o'clock for the Odds Shop. That's a tongue twister. Uh, let's talk about these defensemen. It's going to be hard to not play Evan Bouchard tonight, I think, at his price. Uh, who else are you liking on the blue line here? Yeah, I mean, Evan Bouchard and Hampus Lindholm are the two guys that I have circled. <laughs> so uh, in the mid-price range, it's those two guys. If you want to go for the less obvious options in the mid-price range, I think Brady Shea and Noah Dobson are two guys to look at. Brady Shea was number two in ice time down the stretch for Carolina behind only Brent Burns. And he's playing like 22 to 23 minutes a night. That's a lot of minutes. Um, and he'd probably get even more in a playoff situation. So I don't mind Shea. Uh, Dobson is really hit or miss, uh, but he likes putting up peripherals. And the Islanders defensemen, the depth guys like Pelican and Mayfield, they're not depth, but like the guys we typically play less, they're all really expensive. They're all 4K plus today. So for me, if I'm playing a defenseman from the Islanders, it's probably paying up for Dobson or going all the way down to uh, the other Sebastian Ajo. Uh, by the way, the battle of the Ajos in that one. Uh, the only two expensive defensemen I'm really looking at are Miro Haskin and Aaron Ekblad. Ekblad, it's not a good power play spot, obviously, but that guy puts up peripherals like nobody's business. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be shocking to see a combo meal from him, and he's a lot cheaper than Brandon Montour. Um for the cheap guys, there are a lot of cheap guys. Like I mentioned, Sebastian Ajo, he might play like 17 minutes. Like against Carolina, that's certainly enough to put up a block bonus. And um, he's under 3K. Uh, Brock Faber still, you know, under 3K. Thomas Harley was the guy from Dallas that I mentioned. He's also under 3K, as is Connor Clifton. Uh, Matthias Eckholm and Brett Pesci are the other two cheap-ish defensemen that I'm looking at. Yeah. There's not like... I guess you could play Gavrikov or something for the shot blocks or uh, yeah, but I'd, I'd rather just, you know, save that money. It depends on your build really. Like Thomas Harley's been priced. The other Ajo's 2,900. Yeah, like, uh, I wouldn't have a problem playing like Gavrikov over Brett Pesci or something like that. Yeah. It's just, you know, at a certain point I have to stop naming players and take a stand. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I actually like this slate for goalies. I think there is a lot of options here. Um, I think, and I'm not being facetious here, every single goalie is in play tonight. Now, Alex Leon is the cheapest at 7,100. And I think, you know, Ilya Sorokin, the obvious cheap choice here at 7,400. And I, th- I honestly think Junis Corpusala is in play at 7,300 as well. Like, Everyone's going to be like, oh, he's, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets goaltender. He's had an excellent season, 7,300. He's going to see the volume. But for the home teams, I think Jake Ottinger sticks out at 7,900. I'd rather play Ottinger at 7,900 than Stu Skinner at 8,100. I just, I don't know. I, I just have more faith in Ottinger at this point. Yeah, see, I was I was about to say, like, Ottinger is one of the goalies I don't have a lot of interest in. Um because the way I look at it is like Ottinger is 7,900 and Freddie Anderson's 8K and Stewie Skinner's 8,100, Allmark's 83. Like they're all right in that price range. Like if I was paying 79 for Ottinger, I'd probably just pay the 83 and go play Allmark. You know what I mean? That's yes. Allmark against Florida. Like that's just kind of my way of looking at it. Like I, I is, is Ottinger going to see 25 shots here tonight? Like that's kind of the problem that I have uh, with them. Like Ilya Sorokin is, is, my guy tonight, like <laughs> number one with a bullet 
uh, is Ilya Sorokin for me on my list. Like I have Ilya Sorokin written down and then I have like a gap and then I have the other goalies. Uh, For me, it goes uh, Sorokin, Leon, uh, Allmark, then Skinner. So Sorokin and then one of the goalies in the Florida-Boston game. Um, I worry about volume in Minnesota-Dallas. If you want to play Gustafson for Minnesota, I think that's fine because honestly – He's probably he's gonna have to be really really good if they if they want to win games right like he's gonna have to win them some games so I honestly don't hate Gustafson so I'll say the four goalies in order go uh, Sorokin Leon Gustafson Allmark for me yeah I in GPPs I don't think you should x anyone out of your player pool um, that's just a personal preference if you're on my meeting like if you have different goalie rules go for it but if I was Throwing 141 into the 15 tonight, I would have a piece of every goalie. Yeah. Who are you looking for your hat trick pick? Playoff time could be interesting here. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with an expensive player, but a guy from a series that I'm really um, stoked to watch and I want to see how he does against this team. I'm going with Maddie Kachuk. I like that pick. I do really like Maddie Kachuk tonight. I kind of got to stick with my little spice lord here. Going David Krejci. <laughs> so we picked two guys from the same game. All right. Well, at least we'll yeah. know by like, you know, 10 o'clock Eastern or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't hit a Patrick pick this season. So, you know, I have been taking spicy guys, though. So it's not yeah. like I'm, you know, picking McDavid every day. But, you know, I don't know. We'll be back tomorrow for sure to break down the next four series, including the Leafs (laughs) and my Rangers. (laughs) Hopefully, maybe I'll drink like three bangs before the show. (laughs) It it could be a wild ride. Um, But uh, we're glad to be back for the playoffs. Really excited about playoff content, uh, playoff hockey. Good luck, everybody, tonight. Make sure to get that 50% off the Platinum Plus. Great deal. Uh, If you are playing tonight. We'll see you in Discord. We'll see you on Twitter and good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For whatever reason, there's always been a stigma around mental health in our communities. Some people say that talking about your feelings makes you weak. But you know what? It doesn't make you weak. It makes you human. No matter what you're struggling with, you can call or text 988-LIFELINE to connect with a trained crisis counselor and get the resources and support you need. No judgment, no stigma, just hope. Text or call 988-SUICIDE-AND-CRISIS-LIFELINE day or night. 988, hope has a new number.